As always, I had no hesitation in accepting the information in it as being good mail. Before signing off, he added, As I want to get this letter in the first mail, I'll close now, hoping the young Briefman boy is picking up fast and will soon be out of hospital. Detective Tony Murphy Sidney Briefman was the quiet boy, the good and sweet child who nobody had a bad word to say about. But nine years later, as quick as the roadrunner, Sidney's mother was dead. He wasn't to know that in just a few short years the Briefman curse would strike again. Within a couple of years of Shirley's sudden death, Sonia Briefman met a young man, got married and fell pregnant. About a month after the birth of her son, Sonia was visiting her big sister, Mary Ann, who also had a young son and daughter. It was a special time for the Briefman sisters, sharing early motherhood. It was early morning and we were sitting in the kitchen, recalls Mary Ann. Sonia went to reach out to grab the Kellogg's cornflakes box and she dropped it. She doubled over in pain. I asked her if she was okay. She was in agony for two or three minutes. Then it stopped. It was the same scenario the next morning. She couldn't stop crying. She was in agony. Thinking her sister may be suffering from complications following her recent birth, Mary Ann rushed her to hospital. They said she was suffering from a gut obstruction, that a bit of scar tissue had lodged in the bowel and become infected. I went and saw her in hospital a few days later. I caught a glimpse of her and I had to step out of the ward to get my equilibrium. She was dying. Sonia Margaret Briefman developed peritonitis and died in extreme agony ten days later. It was just four years after her mother's death. She was 18 years old. Sid, not yet a teenager, had already lost two of the women in his family. After finishing school, he was taken into the care of relatives in the city and started work at a fruit shop. He lifted crates night and day and seriously damaged his back. The injury would plague him for the rest of his life, although he later went on to marry and have two children. Despite his notorious family history, he lived his life on the straight and narrow and taught his son and daughter the difference between right and wrong. He gave them values. He worked when he could between bouts of recuperation for his bad back, but money was always tight. When he split from his wife in his late thirties, Sid suffered depression. The torment of his injuries continued unabated. He struggled on, but life had less meaning. In 2002, he drove his car into rainforest near Noosa, a fabled holiday spot for the rich and famous on Queensland's Sunshine Coast, and gassed himself. He was wearing a gold signet ring given to him by his father. It was his treasure. He never took it off. In death, Sid joined the long list of deceased Briefmans, this Queensland family haunted by crime and crooked cops for almost half a century. Nineteen eighties. Squalls.
It was a miserable night for New Year's Eve revellers in Brisbane, thanks to a low pressure system that had developed off the southeast Queensland coast. On the last evening of 1982, a Friday, heavy rain fell across the capital, and trade was down in the city's discotheques and bars. King George Square, at the foot of the city hall tower, was deserted; its brass lions drenched. Up in his old Queenslander at Twelve Garfield Drive. In the shadow of the Paddington Water Tower, Police Commissioner Terence Terry Murray Lewis was taking in the first of twenty-eight days' official leave, sitting quietly at home as the rain drummed on the tin roof, reading editions of the Queensland Police Journal, the Det. Determined to keep up with current affairs within and beyond the force, he may have taken special interest in reports on the development since nineteen eighty. Of the statewide police computer system, modelled on the state government's network.